Just tell me when it's my time. I'll, okay. I'll stand by here. I'll let wait. you know. Okay, I'll wait. God, I'm nervous. What if I cuss by accident? <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Dave and Jeff. It is February 10th, 2021. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Dude, this is, is the worst month ever for sports. After the Super Bowl, everybody panics. Everybody, like Woods, goes on vacation for 10 days. All these Good. guys, that, that's the time to do it if you're, if yeah. you're kind of smart. But also, you can look at it this way. This is when you show how great you are because yeah. everyone else is on vacation. Yeah, this is like when we started at 1090. We had to do like worst. 24 days of Jeremy Lin talk. <laughs> we didn't know what the hell to do. Four-hour show and all Jeremy Lin. It was all 3,000 <laughs> miles away. Lin sanity. We it was. <laughs> we didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, I got a question for you, but... Yeah. Shout out to my friend James Hughes, who fired me up so much today on Wednesday. I believe he's a Patreon subscriber. So, uh, did you watch The Night Stalker on Netflix? No, I did not. Fuck are you waiting on? I don't know. So I, good. The one I've been trying to find that I can't find anywhere is the amusement park one. Yeah, it's on HBO yeah. Max. I can't fucking find it. God, Before damn. you leave tonight, we're going to look for it together because I can't find it. No, what that means is you'll find it for me because I can't, and I'll do it because you can sit out here all night. All right. <laughs> so Dave's the only guy in Southern California who, by the way, lived here in the 80s and, like everybody, was terrified. Were you terrified when the Night no. Stalker was going on? No, I wasn't. And I have oh. friends who lived, like, in that neighborhood. Were you, were you here stories. or were you in Nashville? No, I was here. Time? I was in L.A. God, this Night Stalker four-part documentary on uh, on Netflix is so good. Uh, people love it, especially if you were here. And it tells this story about how news reporters tried to screw everything up. Yeah. And then what I remember about that time was how good the Herald Examiner was. The Herald Examiner, we've talked about it forever. Probably the best sports page in Southern California. Fuck the LA Times and the Union or the Green Sheet. None of them mattered. Herald Examiner was where it was. And every morning they had that huge, bold headline telling you the latest going on with the Night Stalker. So this four-part documentary is really wild. And one of the things that you find out is that he was living downtown at the Cecil Hotel. And if anybody knows the Cecil Hotel, it is this old, very creepy hotel in downtown L.A. where I think 16 or 17 people have committed suicide. Wow. And it's also the hotel in downtown L.A. where whatever it was five, six years ago, that foreign exchange student, Elisa Lamb, came to L.A., disappeared, and then they found her on the roof in the water tank. Remember that story? No, I don't. What the fuck have you been doing? <laughs> I move God on. Damn it! I'm gonna bring Ben Fletcher in here. <laughs> if he walked in, would you know what he looked like? No. Okay. Elisa Lamb was an exchange student that disappeared from downtown L.A. She was staying at this same hotel, uh, the Cecil Hotel in downtown. Nobody could find her. They had. In-house video of her on an elevator freaking out, and it was weird. And a couple of weeks go by, and all of a sudden, a couple other guests at this hotel start talking about complaining to the staff that the water in yep. their room tastes weird. When they're brushing their teeth, the water tastes weird. 
So hotel staff send some flat ass with a wrench up to the roof to check the water tank. And they pop the lid. And who's in there but goddamn Melissa? She's dead. Floating in the water tank. So these fucking people down there brushing their teeth. Woo, doo, 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 Jesus. And it's all dead body particles going right there on your back molars, your bicuspids. Yeah, fuck. Rinse all day with Listerine. You're not getting that fucking taste out of your mouth. By the way, uh, to interrupt your story, I was not here during this time. I had to look it up right now. Yeah. He was captured August 30th, 1985. I moved back in 86. Yeah, no wonder. Anybody who lived here, even tough guys like me, you were rattled by that guy. You were in San Diego. I was living at the... Tr- uh, yeah, but you didn't know if he wanted to come down, dude. I had a lot of shit going on. Guy might not have been felt threatened by me. <laughs> I was working at Del Mar at the track. <laughs> and he knew I was a player. That's where he was going next to the track. So, uh... Selling the guy, getting the guy with the sheets? Yeah, okay. goddamn, going after me. Hey, you paranoid fuck. Who had the double... Dookie had the double... I want that guy dead. <laughs> um, so this fucking James Hughes today Yeah I'm just sitting there minding my own business And he goes, hey Did you hear about Netflix? What they're doing with the Cecil Hotel? I said, don't even goddamn joke about that What? <laughs> he goes, they got a four-part documentary About the history of that creepy fucking hotel Wow Yeah, well you won't watch it You'll be... <laughs> You gotta tell me how good it is Yeah, you'll be watching Uh Capricorn one. <laughs> yeah, Capricorn one. My God. Between your fucking man bun and Capricorn one. Jesus. Was, Jesus. My hair Christ. was tied up for 30 fucking seconds. That's not what everybody's saying around town. Not what you assholes. Man, I'm telling you. Thing is, I know a guy named Richard Ramirez. Yeah? Yeah. How about I that? But he's having a fun life. Yeah. <laughs> like the Ravens announcer, Jerry yeah. Sandusky. Okay, here's the deal. You know him too, I think. Well, okay, so you know Luke oh, yeah. you lo- know Luke and Ben Ramirez. Of course. Their dad's name is Rick. Now Rick has short for Richard, right? Yeah. He's Richard Ramirez. God damn. <laughs> now that's not Coco. No, it's not Coco. All right. Um, no, Luke Ramirez from the Little League World Yeah, Series. no, of course. Yeah. Was here. Yes. Was he, in here. Yeah. He helped us out with, uh, Luke helped us out with the Dave and Jeff um, it was fucking great. anniversary show. Love that kid. Now, I don't know his brother. Ben's a shortstop for USC. You never met Ben? I don't think okay. so. But uh, Luke is great. No kidding. Yeah. God damn. Can you imagine? No, that'd be terrible. Yeah. There's got to be another Charles Manson. I knew a kid in school and his name was Adolf. I thought that was weird. Yeah. You got to change that. Well, dude, change it. You didn't. It wasn't like it happened while he was alive. His mom went out of his way in like 1971 yeah. to name him Adolf. His grandfather was named Adolf, and he'll be named Adolf. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where's the dad to step in? He didn't have a dad as far as I remember. Yeah, you know, that means mom's a good lay. God <laughs> damn. Mom brings the A game. I'm sorry to say it, but if dad signs off on Adolf, or if it was dad's idea, dad just fucking swinging the old fucking... <laughs> Something so, happened in that bedroom. So here, here you go. Okay, so he was caught in '85. Yeah, he nice was stuff. married in '96. Yeah, it, I, listen. If you watch the documentary, explains the whole thing. Yeah, it's funny. If you would have said to me, "Dead or alive?" Right now, I would have said alive. I have no, I, I didn't know idea was dead. Yeah, he's dead. But oh, 
But now, anybody else who has a pulse will watch this Netflix documentary about the Cecil Hotel, which is in downtown L.A., is still there, um, but has been closed for about a year. My kids and I went there. Of course we fucking did. Yeah. And What part of L.A. is it, downtown? Yeah, downtown, like 3rd and Main. Okay. And, uh, Jesus. You know, like, uh, let me put it this way. It's like we're 7th and Fig. You know where all that yeah. shit? You know, I'll put it this way, Dave. Um, where the Wilshire Grand is? Yeah. Right? Where Erica was going to be, all that? Okay, so all that area of downtown is pretty mellow. They built it back up with Staples Center the whole way. Dude, you have to go about eight blocks east. So you're right in the middle of Skid Row, and that's where the Cecil is. Wow. But we wanted to go down there because we knew Richard Ramirez. You heard it's haunted. There's all these ghosts and shit. How old were your kids when you took them? Oh, shit. This was within the year. Okay. I'd say, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, they were like four. I know. You return your kids to your wife all yeah. scared to death. And so, Oh, they were all in. And then, uh, so we go. And it's all locked up, right? Yeah. I said to him, I go, well, we don't live here. Bang, bang, bang. We just start banging on the door. Bang, bang, bang. This guy's like behind the counter, right? Looks like he's about 70. Wearing blue uh, dickies. You know those kind of guys? Yeah. Creased. He just looks at us, so I just look at him. Bang, bang. Kate and Jack are like, what are you doing? I'm like, fuck it. See what's going on with this guy. What's this guy? What are you bothering this guy for? We want to go in. We want we want in. You know what we wanted? You know what we wanted. You don't know the story because you live down here. I just here think it's Bubba. crazy your kids are with you. 100%. They were in. I said, we're going to ride that fucking elevator that girl was on. She, they're like, let's go. Dude, my kids have fucking balls of steel. Yeah, what happens when your kids start dating chicks? They take them to L.A. for the weekend and they just go to I, dead places. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You tell them what. Fucking Julie Brownman sat right in that chair. She said to me, when COVID's over, I'm flying back because I want to do the L.A. tour. But right now we can't really do it because everything's shut down. She loves it. Well, I know wild. Julie loves it. I'm just saying, your boys, let's say 21, 22 years old. Now, well, let's go to L.A. for the weekend. And their tour is everywhere. OJ, yeah. the Menendez house, uh, Bugsy Siegel. What else do we got? Janis Joplin. And a million cemeteries. Yeah, Salminio. They know where uh, Ronnie James Dio is. Sam Cooke. Oh, fuck yeah, they tore that place down. You better watch your mouth about Sam Cooke. Boy, you get a little you get a little fresh. You get a little loose over there. You better rein it in. The Sam Cooke thing is interesting to me. 100% uh, no, he got no, murdered. No, no, <laughs> The part that's interesting to me, I had to go look a bunch of Sam Cooke stuff up yeah. because you bring him up on the show a lot. You understand the story, right? That I know he, this story, but he, okay. Well, what do you believe? You like the conspiracy stuff? I think it's a hundred percent true. He you came do? Up, yeah, he came up as a gospel and choir singer. Yeah, he was an insanely brilliant man for the fact that he wrote and owned all the publishing in a time where that was not encouraged for black men. Young black talented men were not embraced. Shit, I don't know if they're embraced today, but they especially were not embraced at that time. Sam Cooke was often approached by the mafia and said, you're bringing us in as a partner. He said, no, I'm not. I own it. 
I mean, you look at all the songs, right? Change is going to come, Cupid. I mean, dude, thousand different songs that you hear on the radio that were written, produced, and uh, recorded yep. by Sam Cooke. He goes into this restaurant. Here's the other thing. Okay. Sam's a coxman. Okay? Yes. We're going to call him what he is. And so he goes into a bar. He's there with his friends. He's having a couple of drinks, and he's got money on him. And his buddies are concerned because Sam's had too much to drink. They want him to get out, but guess what? Good-looking chick at the bar smells good. <clears throat> now, the weird thing is the friends leave, and Sam takes her yeah. to the hacienda yes. down at the bad end of Figueroa. And that already is a red flag to his friends. They're like, fuck is he doing at the hacienda? He goes, the story is, he goes into the bathroom. She grabs the five grand that Sam has in his pocket, which is a lot of money at she that time. She grabbed all his clothes. Grabbed his clothes, but also the five grand and takes off. Sam, now with only a button-up shirt, runs looking for her because he's been robbed. Ends up in the lobby of the hacienda, and the night manager claims she was afraid and murdered him. Yeah. Well, she was. She claimed that she was raped. Yeah. Well, she said the girl who was with Sam, not the night manager who shot yeah. him. And it's just, it's the craziest thing ever. But nobody in at that time in L.A. with the racial tension was going to do anything to give Sam a fair trial. No, I, I'm shocked. There was never a movie made about that story. That, to me, he was so far ahead of his time for what he did as a businessman, right? And the impactful songs that he wrote and recorded that have carried on and owned it, then the conflict with the mob, and then he's mur uh, murdered in a seedy, shittiest motel in the baddest part of L.A., and nobody says, wow, this is weird? The LAPD said they found no evidence of anything you're <laughs> right. saying. That's what they say. Right. They also said Robert Blake was innocent. Wink, wink. We All see right. nothing. Everybody, so, Beretta, kill anybody? <laughs> what, are you telling me Robert Blake's off his rocker? That's a fuck you to say that to me. That's goddamn Mickey from the Little Rascals, you cock. Take that back. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. Sam Cooke uh -huh. died years before you or I were either born. Right. When did you start freaking out about Sam Cooke? When did this become an obsession with you? Uh, San Diego, my ninth and 10th grade year, my buddy Chris Archer, who's now a cop in Vegas, he and I got into old school R&B. So it started with Jackie Wilson. Jackie Wilson was our first guy. Lonely Teardrops, Reet Petit, Higher and Higher, all that kind of shit. To be loved, we were into it. So then... We started looking at different things and going, okay, well, who else is there, right? Like anything. David, I'll tell you what it's like. It's a lot like when you're 24 years old and you you notice adult entertainment. You find Barbara <laughs> Dare, then you find Jeannie Pepper, Ginger and Amber Lynn, Christy Canyon, Kay Parker. Did I mention Jeannie Pepper? Yes, you did. It's the same thing. And then I got a job at the warehouse. So yeah. at the warehouse, I'd always be up front. Yeah. Well, when you're up front, you're running the fucking music. So I wasn't sitting up there playing, uh, you know, playing uh, Duran Duran. <laughs> you should have. You might have got laid. 
We had old school Sam Cooke on, man. <laughs> so we had Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson. How's the How's uh, the warehouse doing now? They're out of business. Yeah, maybe because you played the wrong fucking music. Bobby Blue Bland, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. <laughs> fucking great shit. And then that expanded out to the Gap Band and others. Honestly, God, I've never heard a Sam Cooke song until the movie um, Malcolm X was made. Is that change is going to come? Yeah, that was 1992. Uh, That's the first time I ever heard a Sam Cooke song. Dude, he's the man. But but to me, how that was never made, there's never really been a book about that. Never really been a murder. Now he's uh, a movie. Yeah. If you have Amazon Prime, Regina King has a movie out called Outrun Night called about uh, called, excuse me, One Night in Miami. And it's got a lot of good reviews. And it's a story about how four guys were together on one night in Miami. And the four guys were Malcolm X, Martin Luther uh, King Jr., uh, Muhammad Ali, and Sam Cooke. Wow. And I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's great. But there's a few documentaries on Netflix. Most of them are pretty boring. But so many talented guys that could have played that part, right? Like, I don't know, I was shocked. I mean, Usher's made a lot of movies. I, I was shocked a guy like Usher or John Legend or just some like to me, John Legend would be the guy because from a facial standpoint, not far off, John Legend's so fucking talented, right? Yeah. V- vocally and just overall that you have to look and go, well, who's the guy who could who could kind of pull it off? And um, I don't know, maybe the guy who played Sticks on Happy Days. Is he still around? And then, uh, a poor guy telling all his family, I'm going to be on happy days. He was great on happy days. He didn't do shit. They just stuck him in the back. And then, uh, sticks. Fuck. He was like him. And when Hank Aaron made a special appearance with only black people on in the history of that show. Remember? (laughs) Remember that when Hank Aaron comes on? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know why he popped into my head. Sticks. Most people right now have no idea what the fuck we're There's talking a about. few people that get it. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was like, who's that? Word? Well, it's been 57 years since Sam Cooke passed. I think the movie thing is not going to happen. No, I mean, it could still go. Be great. It's a, Dave, I'm telling you, it's the wildest story. What an amazing guy who comes up through gospel and choir and then write some of the most incredible crossover songs, right? Yeah. And wrote them, produced them, and was his own publishing company. Owned all the rights, and the mob's trying to take that money, and he's like, fuck you, I'm not doing it. Amazing dude, man. No, he's really... And then... And then to be have his life end the way it did was really, really... Yeah, a lot of lot of questions there. Okay, so if we'll get back to other stuff in a second, but okay, let's say they make your movie. You've been telling mm-hmm. me about this for a couple of years now. Yeah, they need to make a movie. In the movie, do they go your route of how there's conspiracy, or do they go the route of what the LAPD says? What makes the movie better? Yeah, I well, I mean, look, you people have people love conspiracy. Yeah, it's dependent obviously on who the director is telling the story, right? It, it's going to be that point of view. And it's also what are you using for the research? To me, I, I've 
read enough and watched enough, the LAPD story is absolutely full of shit. Dude, how come we don't support the cops? I do. Back to badge. Doesn't sound like it. Jim Bencourt's a good buddy of mine. Jim, you're listening to this shit. It doesn't sound like it at all. Jim knows. Jim knows. Jim, does, you know why I like Jim? Because he doesn't go through life with blinders on. You can't play fucking Miss Pac-Man with blinders on. Jim knows that. <laughs> but it's also, David, it's a different kind of time, right? It's a different time in the world back then. 57 years, that's what it's been? Yeah. So what is that? 1964. 19... Yeah. 64. Wow. Yeah. But you just... I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming the last thing I saw where they interviewed a couple of people who were with him that night. God damn. I mean, those dudes are, they're getting up there, right? I yep. mean, if that's 57 years ago and you were there that night, you're 30, you're 25, shit, man. Put you at 87 or, or early 80s, you better get going. Sam Cook would be 90 years old if he was alive today. I think he'd still be pulling. <laughs> I think he would. But... At some point, I mean, look how long it took him to make. I mean, I think Ray Charles was still alive when they when they made his movie, and they did an amazing job telling that story. Yeah, that right? was a great one. Jamie Foxx was fantastic. Yeah, Jamie Foxx. Now I don't know that he want to go back and do it again, but there's another guy we go can act and can sing. Um, yeah, I I just think there's so many wild things to that story. I'm shocked they haven't done anything with it. Yeah, no, no, that's uh. That's interesting. I don't know. You've talked about it for so much. I wish you were in the movie industry. You could, you could get me, this man. project pushed through. Yeah. Fascinates me. Oh, my gosh. You do love, uh, like, not to say you love murders, but you, like, you're into, like, these, these high-profile the guys. The dark side. You are. Yeah, definitely. Are you a Unabomber guy? No. Unabomber, <laughs> no. Dahmer, no. Um, no. So if Richard Ramirez, this happened on the East Coast, you wouldn't give a shit. Were you a son of Sam guy? No, I was pretty young for that. Yeah, no. but Son of Sam was in the late 70s. Yeah. At least you were alive. Yeah. No, and I remember the movie they tried to make on that. It was they pretty bad. They didn't do a good job. No, John Leguizamo. Yeah, they wasn't didn't do a very good that. job. Zodiac was a pretty good movie <laughs> with um, Downey, Jake Gyllenhaal. That was pretty good, but that was up in San Francisco. No, I just remember the Night Stalker, Dave, because being in high school, working at the track, and every day, my buddy Boom sold the Herald Examiner, and we were freaked out because they did those big, giant font, three-letter, four, you know, you know, you'll see it. And every day was this huge headline, and they kept putting out that creepy sketch of his, uh, his police sketch. And I was going to L.A. a lot. My dad lived in L.A., and I had established a relationship. And so, yeah, oh, man. Southern, and at that time, too, down here, we can't anymore – but you were able to see KTLA or, or different newscasts, yeah. and it led in San Diego, and it led up there. Yeah, I figured you weren't here because I go. No, no, it was a year before I, I got here. I didn't realize it. I thought, well, they were talking about it when I was here. So yeah. that's why I thought it had to be when I was around. My friends who, who lived in the area where most of these murders were happening tell me they were afraid to take the trash cans There was off. no, when you watch the documentary, it reminds you that there was no rhyme or reason to what he was doing, yeah. right? Like. Different guys, Zodiac or the Golden State Killer or any of these guys, there, there's a clear distinction of what they're looking for and who they're targeting. This guy was all over the place. Neighborhoods, the whole thing. Night, oh. And he just, 
He was just going for it. Yeah. But he was living going for it. Yeah. He was living at the Cecil Hotel. So that's the uh that's the other one to to see on Netflix right now cuz that plays oh crazy shit yeah. going on in that place. I know. Okay. I'll, I'll, by the time we uh two, at least two shows down, I'll get it in. I'll watch Which it. one? I'll watch I'll watch the Night Soccer thing on Netflix. Four episodes. Okay. But how, how long is each one? An hour? I, yeah. A oh, fucking piece of cake. Come on. I knocked out the goddamn uh, Karate Kid show. Yeah, you watched that. Cobra Kai. I watched all three seasons in three days. Watched that. You watched uh, Being Christine, the what? Christina Aguilera story. <laughs> no, I did not say that. Oh, I thought you watched that. stories up right now? Watch, Is that a real one? I No, I just made it up. <laughs> you watched Going Back to School with Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> I did watch the History of the Go-Go's on HBO last month. How am I not goddamn shocked I by did. this? I did watch that. God damn it. It wasn't like I went out of my way to watch it. It was on I that, think you did. And I couldn't turn it off. Yeah, you probably could. You easily could. We got the beat. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know Belinda used to date Mike Marshall of the Dodgers? Did you know that? I do remember that. I do remember that. I want to know this. I don't know when I have laughed harder at a star athlete. Uh, it wasn't Mike Marshall. How about Tom Brady today? Dude, it was great. I think all of us were happy for him. Okay. Now, what part of it do you look at and you go, this guy is unbelievable. I'm going to give you three choices. Go ahead. It's funny. I have this listed down as one of the things I wanted to bring up to you. I, I'm going to let everybody vote, right? The first thing we see, well, actually, there's four. The first thing that I saw was him pulling up in the $2 million boat. And you go, holy shit, that's pretty cool. So you look at that and you go, okay. Now the next thing I see is him chuck the Lombardi that trophy. Was fucking nuts. About 20 yards to Gronkowski. Yeah, from boat to boat. And I'm thinking, look, man, if this is, you're still on Robert Kraft's team, but I'm like, the Glazers are like, whoa. That's exactly what I said to my kid. I right? I'm the Glazers, I'm freaking the fuck out. What about when they fucking walked him off and he is hammered? When yeah, they that was the best. They had to hold <laughs> him up and all those people are watching. And then what about his fucking tweet? Yeah, and he's drunk tweeting. He's drunk tweeting. <laughs> I go, this guy is the king. Dude, I, I loved it because you always hear about Tom. Like Tom's big thing in life that Tom gets away with is that I treat myself with avocado ice cream. I'm like, holy fuck. That's the best you can do with everything you have. All the championships, all the money, the hot girl. And yeah. Jesus Christ, man, the best thing in your life is avocado ice cream. Good and for you for getting tanked. <laughs> well, and then his one tweet, he said nothing. He tried to say nothing to see here, just a little avocado tequila. And he was capitals and spaces and couldn't spell anything god damn dave i laughed and laughed and laughed at that right and i enjoyed then, it and then i'm flipping around tonight and uh i found myself on 8 30 remember that dickhead roger lodge yeah <laughs> he's still there is he the only local host they have man i haven't had 8 30 on in forever but i just i got rid of kogo because Kogo shit, uh, you know, presets, right? Kogo got rid of KFMB, their shit. And I added 830 and I added 1090, right? You I'm added like, 1090. Yeah, because okay. I was like, I'll take Kaplan in the afternoon over DeMaio. 
And so, uh, so is Kaplan still doing that? Yeah. When's yeah. he gone? I don't know, like one to eight. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. The reason I asked that question is he going against himself? Is he yeah. On it? He's on at 1090 and 710 yeah. at the same time. But tonight the Lakers were playing. So when I got in the car, he he wasn't on. But yeah, I think that's it. And so uh, Roger Lodge is talking about the Brady boat thing. Am I the only one who noticed none of the kids had life jackets on? Oh, Christ. And you're like, my God, Roger. Roger, go back to blind date, okay? <laughs> go back. And I just, I I don't know. I watched that video today, and I, I think like a lot of people, you just go, wow. Like, I thought Dave, honestly, when I first saw and somebody had put the tweet, I guess he doesn't have his sea legs under him. Initially, I thought it was Gronk. Oh, really? I thought, oh, man, Gronk got rocked. Well, wouldn't you think, right? Like, knowing well, Gronk's saw, history? Well, well, I was following on, on social media all day, and I'm looking at Gronk, and he's dancing, having a great time. I mean, he's sure. having the best time out of anybody. But, no, I, right away, I was like. Because the orange T-shirt? Yeah, Tom Brady's all fucked up. It was it was, oh it was great. If I'm the, the Bucks, because I saw, saw Gronk talk about it on Monday. He said, I still haven't touched the trophy. You know, since we won, I didn't touch it on Sunday no one has given it to me. He was at Disney World on, on Monday. Yeah. And he goes, I haven't touched it. And the ESPN said, well, maybe you haven't touched it since you fucked up the last one with the Patriots. Oh. Do, you, do you remember he <laughs> Julian Edelman threw a baseball at him and he bunted it with the oh, trophy? Dude. And put a giant dent right in the fucking trophy. He ruined it. Oh, my God. And they're like, that's why you aren't t- touching the trophy. We know yeah. your history, dickhead. Well, Brady throws it to him, as you said, from boat to boat over the water. What if, that, what if he didn't catch it? What if he didn't make the throw? He's gonna. You gotta go in, Frogman. <laughs> Dude, that's sinking so fucking fast. You have a better chance of finding that goddamn blue diamond from Titanic. I'll tell you the other thing too. You better get some Tarnex, because that water in Tampa is gonna tarnish that thing up. It's gonna look like the Titanic in about a minute and a half. <laughs> I thought it was cool. It made Brady. It made Brady seem human. Right. He looks like, yeah, because people treat him like a robot yep. or blame him and this and that. And you go, like, I looked at that. I go, dude, I haven't been that rock since I was, what? Oh, 21. <laughs> 21. And you go, that dude's 43. And he, who's that schlep holding him up? Dude, there are a million people in Tampa would have been happy to hold him up. Yeah. Yeah. They could have carried him off on their shoulders. He would have been fine. He looked like a kid, first time on ice skates, yeah. and that's his teacher kind of walking him around the rink. He did. That's exactly what he looked like. Like, he, he's just trying to find his balance without holding yeah. on to the boards. Dude, I loved it. I thought it was, I, it was, it was really kind of funny. Yeah. You don't I, see, like, you wouldn't see LeBron, right? I mean, of if, I, if not. I had to say to you yesterday, who, name five guys you wouldn't see drunk. Tom well, Brady would be one of your five. Yeah, because here, let's just go this way, Dave. Think of all the guys that they brought up recently comparing him against, right? We're going to see Wayne Gretzky like that? Fuck no. LeBron? No. Jordan? Nope. Bill Russell? <laughs> you are not seeing Bill Russell <laughs> no. like that. And I don't know. I mean, no. baseball, who who do you have? No, right? that's true. You're going to see Mike Trout like that? No, of course not. Yeah, so Tom Brady would be one of your top five before today. <laughs> There's no way this guy's getting fucked up in front of everybody on, in front of cameras. What the hell was he drinking? I don't know. Dude, it's probably normal high C or something, knowing Tom. And no, I mean, he only, he, he's one of those Mike's guys. Mike's our lemonade? Yeah, I mean, the guy honestly pays someone over a million dollars a year just to put the right things in his body. Yeah. What do you think he thinks tonight when he sees that, when he comes out of it? Dude, how bad? 
when he sees Dude, his tweet. How bad did you want to see him throw up? Like, I just want to see him throw up. I just wanted to see. I, I was like, how great would it be if he couldn't make it to the car and just threw up in the parking lot? I uh, I had so many people that were so anti-Brady, right? And and were sending me, oh, here you go. I, I go, look, I'm not claiming to be a Brady fan. I just thought the storyline for that particular weekend was cool. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and so yeah, man. If he would have just yelled out a "fuck Bill," it just yelled that out on the right. way to the car would have been even better. Right. Um, but like to see him, I so I sent it to like four people today. <laughs> You're part of the problem. Yes. Yeah, and I go, "This is my guy. This I don't care about the guy that beat the Rams or beat the Panthers or lost to Tyree. Couldn't have. Couldn't care less." But I go, this guy, I was so excited yeah. that he was the guy I picked to win. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was cool. Wow. I, yeah. Again, I, I enjoyed the whole damn thing. That was crazy. There was, a, there was a death today. Entertainment death. Larry Flint. Larry Flint. Larry Flint died today. Okay. 78 years old. Were you a hustler guy? Um, No. But I will say the people versus Larry Flint. With Courtney Love and Woody Harrelson's one of my favorite movies. Just saw it for the first time in the last couple months. Really good, right? Better than I thought. I thought yeah. it was going to be shit. I was got tired because I don't like the way Larry Flint used to speak. It just drove me crazy. The after way, he got shot. Yeah, after he got shot, and then Woody Harrelson's fantastic in it, but um, he speaks exactly like him. It kind of gets on my nerves, like I can't yeah. take it. But it was it was very very good. When uh, when I would go to visit my dad, it was very funny. Because we would go up La Cienega, take the 10 to La Cienega, and as you drove into Hollywood, you'd go by this big, uh, beautiful building right by the Beverly Center. Yeah. And it was all brown glass, and now when you drive by it, it just says LFP along the top, but it used to say Flint Publications. And I just always laughed because... I thought, you know, what if you work for Geico and they're in that building, right? <laughs> and Woods is like, hey, I'll meet you for lunch. Where, Where's your office? I'm in the Flint building. Oh, I'm. what floor are they on? Right? Running up to the eighth floor, ninth floor. Um, I always laugh, but no, they, I, I don't know. I just think every guy has kind of a limit as to where you, you kind of hit it. And for me as a kid... Like they they just were they were way out there with shit they were doing. Oh, they completely passed Playboy. Oh, when it came to what they would show. They were they were hillbilly porn. Yeah, it was. And uh, so no, I'm always amazed he made as much money as he did. A lot of hillbillies. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's that's exactly it. It wasn't like I mean, hell, I have no idea. I know Playboy. If you ordered it to your house, it came in a rapper that you know we all knew it was playboy but you couldn't see it was Playboy. The, like when Sports i first started getting playboy at my house when i was 17 it came with a brown wrapper that is very reminiscent to the thing they put around your starbucks coffee yeah that's all it was that's all it was <laughs> it was just like this paper thing and i guarantee you nobody was like is this his field and stream they knew what it was is this is word search Fuck no. Don't get your thumbprints on there, creeper. With Lonnie Chin. But okay, so did Hustler come to your house or did you have to like go to a 7 Eleven? Well, I worked at the I worked at the liquor store. Okay. So when I, this is a very good 
you know, I really could have been, I, I should have been like a scientist or, or like a doctor, right? Because it was so easy for me to judge people. And I think I was pretty spot on. The biggest psychos were the psychos that just came in. And one of them plays in a local band, and I won't mention their name. But if you ever run into me at a party and buy me two beers, I'll tell you exactly who this fucker is. Uh, He would come in and take a knee like he's posing for his eighth grade Little League picture and just start scanning through all the bottom shelf porn. Now, the bottom shelf porn, that's where shit you put in there and you're like, because up top, it's people, it's the Inquirer, yeah. right? Inside sports, and TV guide. Then you can put kind of Playboy. And then downstairs is where you've got like, you know, whatever, over 50 and uh, all this other weird shit that uh, you don't even know how they got financing for that, right? <laughs> Hey, I got an idea for a magazine. I need a little money. Great. What is it? Okay, hear me out. The average guy, think about Playboy. Close your eyes. Think about Playboy. You visualizing this? Yeah, of course. What are the girls like in there? Oh, my God, they're amazing. They look like they just walked off the beach. Stop. You got it. You know, there's guys out there in the world that don't like that? Huh? I'm not lying to you. We paid a lot of money for research. We're going to go the polar opposite. Well, you got me curious. What are we going to do? Over 50. What did you just say? We're looking at school cafeteria ladies, naked. Girls who go fly fishing. Yeah, but we want, we're going to do over 40 and over 50. So what are you saying? Every woman in there, 50 years old or older. Okay, I'm in. You sold me. How, do we do this once a year? No. That chick's lined up. They want in. We'll do it monthly. God. Uh, really? Yeah. We had that shit. And then. <laughs> we had that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when guys came in and bought that, I I didn't hide my. Oh, boy. All right. Uh and they, did, they didn't even have to ask for a bag. I just bagged it up because that was like the original COVID. Oh, Jesus. Where you just touched it and then you wanted to sanitize your hand. <laughs> and uh, that's where Hustler was down there, too. I had that tucked away. But the guys who bought Hustler, Dave, like the guys who bought over 50 or any of that other weird shit, like you just knew they were fucking weird, right? Yeah. Came in, they're all covered in grease. Stink. Stink like goddamn fast food. It's like fuck, get out of here, right? They probably buy a you know sixteen ounce tall boy yeah, bud. Yeah, that's what I was saying. What are they buying to drink? Bud, pack of camels, and Snatch magazine. Right? You're just like fuck, get out of here, right? But the guy who bought Hustler, he'd come in. He kind of looked like this fucker on the right. They have like a gray polo on. We're watching this game. Gray polo, hair parted down the middle. And you're like, oh, uh, what's this? What's this guy doing? What's his story? And then he grabbed that hustler, and you'd be like, "Fuck it, pervert! Yeah. Fuck out of here! You should be on a goddamn neighborhood watch list. Get out of here, sticky!" 
<laughs> that guy's routine. Snatch magazine. That guy's routine. He but buys yeah. that. He buys his drink. He yeah. gets his hustler. Little little uh little pint of four roses. Yeah. Drive- like the, or Kamchaka, like the cheapest shit yeah. I got on the back shelf. Drives home in his nineteen seventy seven white F one fifty. Listening to Waylon yeah. some good old boys. Sitting on one of his hands so it falls asleep so he can play the stranger game. Weirdo. And you're like, I'll see you next month. Like, see you next week <laughs> when over 60 shows up. But now, I would say that there was a little bit that is, even though they were as creepy as it came, at least I had to respect the fact that they paid for it. Yeah. Unlike the orig- the first perv that would sit there, like I said. He'd thumb through it. Yeah, and then shuffle out. When I got to fucking stock the cooler. <laughs> so I'd say to him all the time, look, man, you're not. You're not hanging out in here tonight. Beat it. Vamanos. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Come on. I got work to do. I'm not going to sit here all night waiting for you to take, uh, you know, visual snapshots in your memory. Fuck that. I can hear the little shouted chiching, chiching, your little mental Polaroid, you fucking weirdo. Get out of my face. This was back in the days where people didn't have debit cards either. These are the days where guys, yeah. guys used to always walk around with a shitload of change in their pockets. Change. And they'd jingle that change. They'd have, uh, this was the other thing. Anybody who's ever worked in retail, you want to get run out of Santa Fe liquor in a hurry? Go into your pocket and bring out a wet $10 bill. Nope. <laughs> nope. You can run that fucking beer back too. What the hell? I go, There's not a goddamn swimming pool in here. I don't even know what that is. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell your boss. Hey, fucking write a review on the BBB. I don't give a shit. I'm not taking your wet tin. Get out of here before I come around this counter. Yeah. I'm not doing that. You, ever, you worked retail. Yeah, I did. I, uh, my first job I ever had was, uh, I think actually my second job I ever had, it was at Sport Mart, which yeah. turned into like Sports Authority. Yep. But it was the one on Sepulveda in L.A. And it was always big time guys like would come in, like a lot of actors like Corbin Burnson would come in, yeah. and Jim Brown. I told her that story. Where Jim yeah. Brown came in where I was willing like to get fired. Like I told the guy, and I'm gonna it, take him out. That's what I was gonna do. I was gonna tackle Jim Brown from behind because I've seen those football film highlights a million times yeah. and no one could tackle him. And I said, I just want to say I took Jim Brown down. Remember when Jim Brown he was, was like sixty-seven? Like, yeah, remember when he was like fifty <laughs> and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He wanted to come back for the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was like yeah. a nineteen. That was nineteen eighty three when he was on the cover yeah. of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, like twenty years after he'd retired, yeah. like fifty two. Yeah, he didn't want anyone breaking that record. Nope. Yeah, fuck man. Yeah, nobody's gonna break that record. You're just gonna break your hip. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, the retail job was was fucking nuts. I think yeah. I, I I told you this. I was the last line um, of defense for if somebody stole something. Yeah. So they would say, like, uh, you know, code 33 or blue 33, I think is what they would say. That Mm -hmm. meant for me to get in line behind someone that stole something. Oh, I like that. And as soon as they passed the register. We just give them uh, the old Ben Davidson forearm. I got to take them down. Chuck Bettenerick. And this was a job they made me wear, like, a tie. I had to wear fucking, like, dress pants and a tie. And um, But I loved it. And they told me, dude, do whatever you want. And then I got fucking sued. I got sued because some guy fucking knocked down and held him down to the cops game. He yeah. pissed himself. Oh yeah. And then he <laughs> and then he sued for being embarrassed. 
And by this time, I already left the job. I was at San Diego yeah. State. I get a subpoena to go show up in court because this guy couldn't fucking hold his water. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, it was it was crazy because you're sitting there and you're like, all right, is yeah. he going to reach in the pocket and pay for what he's stuck in his pocket? Yeah. Or do I get to jack this guy into yeah, the wall? And that's the great thing, right? Yeah. Because you know... You know this guy's getting jacked, and he doesn't know he's yeah. getting jacked. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I always have to grab a tennis racket. I just stand right there, like I was, you know, another customer. You could just, you could just like at the liquor store if they grabbed smokes or wine or anything. Man, you just hit a guy right behind the ear, and it fucks up his <laughs> equilibrium. Hey, yeah, dude, I thought I was Ronnie Lot. It was so All great. Time. It was so fucking great. <laughs> And they, they encouraged it, man. It was like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. You're doing good. But can you imagine, like, now you can't do anything. Because, no. you don't know, it's gun and knife. Or, That's true. Or it's a black belt in jujitsu, and you go and crank them, and they just put you in a triangle choke, and then, right? You're on 30-second yes. fight. No shit. James Royal's sending it around to everybody. <laughs> hey, bullshit. Just get the hell out of the way. No shit. All right, so look, I had another question for you. East mm-hmm. Village Times put this out today. I don't know if you saw it. It mm-hmm. was the top five lefties in Padre history. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. in your mind, because you've been a Padre fan for a long time, and mm-hmm. every one of these guys on their list you saw, okay? I think, well, wait, Jonesy might be on okay, there. Jonesy, of course he is. But I, I was in here when he was pitching. Okay, Jones is on here. What do you think Randy Jones' Padre all-time record was? 11 and 80. <laughs> He won 20 games twice. Oh, season. shit. All right. So 51 and 80. 92 and 105. I had no idea to lose a record. Pretty goddamn good, considering one- how bad those teams were. Now, the best lefty of all time is one of your favorites. Who was your favorite lefty that you saw with the Padres? With the Padres? Okay, I got to think about that. You bring up his name all the time, but I think a lot of people don't really, because it wasn't on really good Padre teams at all. Bruce Hurst? Bruce Hurst. Yeah. Was 55 and 36. Yeah. Remember that? Um, I'm trying to think of other fucking lefties on that list. Uh, are they guys from our era? Yeah, there. Yeah, you saw them. Actually, you saw. Well, no, one of them. No, one. One of them was on the '84, '84 <clears throat> team. Andy Hawkins? No, Andy Hawkins was righty. But- oh shit! Uh, hang on. Who the fuck was that? Uh, I could see it right there. Are you? Th- I hope you aren't thinking Tim Lawler because it's not Tim Lawler. No. I hope you aren't thinking Craig Lefferts because it's not Craig Lefferts. Was Trevecki a lefty? It was Trevecki, yes. Okay. And then uh, is Clay Kirby a lefty? No, he's not on here. He's not on this list. All right, who are the other ones? Okay, so it's it's Dave Trevecki. Okay. Oliver Perez. Sterling Hitchcock. Oh, shit. Hitchcock. I would have never got him. Okay, Hitchcock. Would you Oliver guess? Perez. All right, so I'm going to ask you. Those three guys, two of them had a losing record with the pods. One of them had a winning record. Can you yeah. tell me which one had a winning record? Hmm. Probably Dravecki. It is. It's Dravecki. 63 and 62. Wow. Oliver Perez was 12 and 22. <laughs> and they dumped God, him they out loved at, at him. 21 years old. They, they got rid of did him. Did he go in the deal for Giles? Or did he go in the deal for Al Martin? Fuck, it might have been the, the Martin deal. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But Remember I, Al yeah, they, Martin they, they, when he you know, came yeah. here? Oh, well, dude, we loved Al. He was great on the radio until we found out he had two wives. Fucking Al. It was, he, was like, he was like the man of the year in Major yeah, League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. And then they go to spring training, and his two wives happen to be shopping in the same fucking store. We never heard from him again. No. <laughs> Al no. was cool, though. Remember, we had him yeah. on. We're like, we love Al Martin. Oh. And then the story broke, and fuck, that was the end of Al Martin. Mm. You're absolutely right. 
But this list is, is pretty sad. Sterling Hitchcock was 35 and 46, by the way. But he came through big in the postseason oh, in 98. 98 was seen the man. So, But overall, when you hear that list, you're like, that's the saddest fucking list Pathetic. I've ever Pathetic. Makes you think, though, after this list I just read you, that Blake Snell, maybe he's number one by the time he oh. leaves the Padres. Yeah, he might be number one by May. <laughs> Fuck, he's got to at least uh, eclipse Oliver Perez. Oh, yeah. Fuck. The guy was 12 and 22. He's in your top five in franchise history. Oh, my God. Don't even do that list. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. I will say this, though. If you have the athletic, uh, today Keith Law put out the top farm systems, rated the farm systems yeah. again. Um, number one. Let me guess. I didn't see it. Honest to God. I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Yeah. It Tam should be Tampa Bay. Yeah, especially after everything that's happened, right? Yeah. And I think Cleveland was in there. Toronto was in there, right? But coming in at number seven was your gutty little San Diego Padres. And Keith Law said it's an unbelievable tribute to what they have been able to accomplish when they have traded 15 prospects and are still a top 10 team while adding Darvish and Nola and Snell and others, Clevenger. Musgrove. Musgrove, yeah, to get these guys. Uh, what was surprising, Dave, was they were seven. The Giants are up to eight. Yeah. And the Dodgers are at nine. Yeah. But here's the thing that I could not quite comprehend. The Angels are at like 20. Yeah. But they're at like top five in payroll. I didn't realize the Angels this year are going to be close to $170 million, right? When you look at they're still on the hook for uh, pool holds. And then Trout and Rendon. Yep, those three guys will kill you. Yeah, making money, right? It's got to no be pitching. close to 120 for those guys alone. Yep. But, Dave, when you look at that, and this this is what I was thinking about today. They're 20th in farm system, right? Billy Epler was a disaster. And so when we sit down here in San Diego, we love the Padres, and the majority of the people hate the Dodgers. Yep. Now, you have – transplants down here that are Mets fans or Giant fans. You have some Dodger fans. But I don't know of anybody from TJ to Santa Barbara that goes, you know what? If you fucking mention the Angels to me, I'm going to beat your fucking head in. <laughs> Does anybody hate the Angels? No. They aren't the a threat. The Angels are shit. Yeah, they aren't a threat. They yep. are really a shitty organization. Yeah, they aren't, they aren't a threat. So here's my thing with the minor leagues. And one reason I saw the, the list came out, then I was like, you know what? I'm not falling for it this time. Because I thought Baseball America did a terrible job. Yeah. Randy Arozarena. Keith Law pretty good, though. But here, here's my, my feeling on this. Randy Arozarena, who I, my feeling, feeling right now, he's the best left fielder in baseball. In the major leagues. Mm -hmm. But he's number like 34. Well, in the, Baseball on America. On Baseball America. Sixto Sanchez, who's the ace of the fucking Marlins. Yeah, all oh, the Marlins are in top ten yeah, too. Sixto's still considered, you know, part of their minor league system. Dude, he, he was their their guy. He's the guy you and I talked about for two months last year. Yeah. And I'm like, this is all fucked up. So the way I look at it with these these minor league teams and these minor league systems, for me, you keep hearing the Rays, the Rays, and, and they have like the number one guy, and then they have obviously you know, Randy Rosarina in left field and a bunch of other guys that people haven't heard of, but the Rays have gotten some tremendous players. The Rays still haven't won a World Series. Here's you know? what here's what Keith Law says about Tampa. Their organization is still 
uh, filled with high-ceiling talents led by the best prospect in the minors in Wander Franco and the second coming of Babe Ruth and Randy Rosarina. But it's the depth and prospects well beyond the eight guys they placed on my top 100. No other team had more than six that's most impressive. So while I look at that and I go, okay, well, great for Tampa. The problem is with Tampa, what they're doing is keeping guys for five years and then fucking ditching them for five more guys. Yes. But, Dave, here's just a couple of things, right? Number two is Cleveland, and you can understand, right? They've reloaded after trading Lindor, Clevenger, and others moving away. Toronto is number three. Doesn't surprise me. Which I thought was pretty good because they've done well. Uh, Number four is the Marlins. So they've got the Marlins number four, uh, led with Sixto in there. Number five, shockingly, is the Diamondbacks. Would you have thought the Diamondbacks? No, I wouldn't have guessed the Diamondbacks. Well, they they had some huge trades, obviously, trading guys away. Yeah. And Goldschmidt was was gigantic. But Uh, Six is Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta is a great organization. And then seven comes the Padres. And this is what Keith Law writes today. Padres no longer have the best system in baseball thanks to several key promotions and a series of trades that built them a potential championship caliber rotation, uh, as well as some relief and catching help. They've dealt 15 players who qualify as prospects this winter in those four trades, uh, as well as the deals for Austin Nolan, Austin Adams, all of which came in the last six months, and at least nine of those 15 would have been on the Padres' top 20. That the system is still in this kind of shape is a credit to the Padres' drafting and international scouting efforts, as well as player development. Uh, I had my numbers wrong. Number eight is the Twins. Number nine is the Giants. Number 10 is the Dodgers. Um, but then this was the thing that kind of surprised me, right? As you go further, further down, Yankees are 14th. They used to be Yankees. Used to have a ton of guys coming up, right? Yeah, the Yankees uh, made made a bunch of moves too to get guys. Okay, uh, so then we go way down. Boston's twenty, but here's okay. Me- that's, okay, let me ask you the last couple of World Series winners. Yeah. Okay, where are the Nationals? Where's Boston? Where's the Astros? I'm going to get to all of okay. those guys. So the Angels are twenty three. Yeah. And it says if we're just ranking systems by tools, somehow adding up those grades or averaging them, the Angels would be in the top half, maybe the top 10. They love athletes, but they can't develop anybody. The Astros are 25. Trades, lower draft picks, and the gutting of the Astros' pro and amateur scouting departments have put a dent in what was once a stacked system. Here's one that shocked me. 26 is the Chicago Cubs. And you look at Jed Hoyer, Theo, Jason yeah. McLeod. Makes you wonder. 26, right? Not good. Uh, Dave, 29 is the Oakland A's. Yeah. What happened to Moneyball? Billy Bean. Exactly right. And then number 30 are the Nationals. Okay. And so here you go. I knew the Nationals would be at the bottom. Yep. But the Nationals won a World Series. Correct. And so I'm thinking, if you're the Nationals, which one would you rather be? Well, that's what Keith Law starts with. The Nats won the World Series in 2019 and is often the case with teams that do so. They spend a lot of their prospect capital to get there. They've traded prospects, drafted lower, and given up picks for free agents. Yes. Their international scouting department has been very aggressive under the new system, and the Nats system could look a whole lot better in a year if all of their teenage Latin American prospects get a chance to play and show us if their abilities line up with their tools. So at least when I read that, I go, okay, as you pointed out, Dave, they get a championship, and they... That's th- the goal. 
Yeah, and they replenish. Yes, and re- remember, as he made a good point right there. You're picking at the bottom. Yeah. So, like, for the Dodgers, they lose their first-round pick this year because they went yeah. and got Bauer. So, as a baseball fan, the whole idea of having a great minor league system is to eventually win a world championship. So, for me, I look at the Nationals. You have friends with the Nationals. I have yep. friends with the Nationals. It's a, it's a team that we, we kind of root for because yeah. you want to see them do well. And they all get nice rings. They all get nice rings. The the Red Sox, which complete mess last year, will probably be bad this year. Traded Ben attended today yep. to the Royals. But they have that world championship. Matter yep. of fact, they have, of they have four of them this century. Yeah. You know? And then you look at the Dodgers finally got theirs, the whole deal. The goal is to sit there and do this. They're called prospects for a reason. I mean, obviously the Rays think they're going to hopefully be able to make a run before they let these guys go after five years or trade them away because that's what they've always done. But it's it gets old, I think, for fans if you're a Rays fan. Now, if you're an A's fan, that's all you ever held on to. Sure. And now you aren't even good at that. And what do you, what do you have? You just lost your middle infielders this uh, offseason. Postseason team a year ago, you lose Marcus Simeon and yep. you lose uh, Listella. Yeah. And he goes right across the bay to the Giants. Yeah. Big kick in the nuts. Boy, they got to figure out something with that, right? Right. And you wonder, a guy, again, like Billy Bean and a guy like Theo, what happened? They had the magic touch. How did it fall apart? Wouldn't that be a team that you look at and you go, they should move that team to Nashville? Yeah. I think we've been saying that for a long time with A's. Like now that the Raiders are gone and the Warriors are gone. Or move them to Vegas. Figure it out. You know? Yeah. Fucking figure it out already. It's it's ridiculous. That stadium is... Such a joke. Did you watch the the Al Davis 30 for 30 with Pete Rozelle? Okay, so um, about, I started watching it, I think it came on last Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, but yes. Yeah, and I got into it, like, uh, it was late. I think it was one of those nights that we had been here. And I started watching it at like 10, and I knew what they were doing because they were doing um, that weird thing where they kind of, you know, like the hologram type thing. Is that what it was? I thought it was just two actors, but they used the actual voices. So what they did was NFL Films went in and used old footage and kind of doctored it. Now, I don't know, Dave, how much of it's from the interviews and how much is reenactment. But I went into it because reviews during the day were like, this is awful and people were hating it. I went in thinking I was going to hate it. And half hour in, I thought it was, I was fine with it. Yeah, like I was, I was fascinated good. by the story, but I haven't finished it. Is okay. it worth watching yeah, to the end? I thought it was fantastic. They always do a great job with the 30 for 30s. But it was it was really good, and you watch it to the end because there's, yeah. a, there's a sad part in there. Yeah. And um, But but it was really good, and some of the stuff that Al pushed for, you're seeing other teams that mm-hmm. started jumping. You know, the Oilers went to Tennessee. The Ravens came from Cleveland, The you know. Over and over again, the Rams went to St. Louis, and you're seeing all these teams. Stuff when Al was threatening to move to L.A., and it was driving Pete Rozelle. It was killing Pete Rozelle. Yeah. And you're, you're you're sitting there watching, but there's parts in there where Al Davis is competitive as he is, and he is ruthless. Mm-hmm. When it came to life or death or health, he was really serious. And, and yeah. as much as he butted heads, it's worth watching. But they do a, they do a scene – at, at, towards then, where the two guys are together looking at the new Raiders stadium. Mm. And they're going back and forth. They're showing Oakland, they're showing Las Vegas, and you're going, man, how can you beat Las Vegas? Right. It looks so good. And, uh, you know, Pete goes, hey, you got your stadium. And he goes, it took me 40 fucking years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was, well, it took that Mark. Was, that, that was it. And, and Mark talks about that. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but Mark Davis comes off good. And yeah. you, we've always he heard a million stories good. that – Mark Davis wasn't exactly treated well growing up in that organization by his dad. Dean fucked this up so bad. He talks about it. He talks about the the Dean and him relationship going to Carson. Yeah, Dean fucks this up so bad. 
if Dean Dean could have had that for him in Vegas. Yeah, you should have done that. And L.A. would have won. I don't know how Kroenke would have felt about the Raiders in SoFi, but they were giving it to him. And you really could have ended up with the Raiders and Rams in L.A., which would have been great for L.A. Kroenke would have hated it, but, the, but it would have been great for the fans. And and the league would have found out yes. a way, right? Especially, made a of money. Well, especially right now when Stan's billion-dollar stadium became a $5 billion stadium. And Dean, who has properties in Vegas, could have moved to Vegas. Yeah. I still think they would have built that for him. I don't know. Well, the mayor of Las Vegas was a San Diego Chargers season ticket holder. Oscar. Had a great relationship with the Dean. Oscar Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Roger Hedgecock's attorney. And uh, goddamn, man, it just it goes to show every time Dean has the opportunity to do the right thing, he found a way to do the wrong yeah, thing. every time. Yep. Every time. It's fascinating that uh, SoFi Stadium is exactly where Al Davis wanted the Raiders yeah. Stadium over 35 years ago. Yeah. It's different, though. It's wild because Hollywood Park was still going on at that time. Yeah. But Al, yeah, all right, I'll watch the end of it. Yeah, Because I remember that very well, too. You'll, you'll like it. You'll feel bad for Pete. You'll feel yeah. bad for Roselle as, as you sit there and you watch this whole thing. All right, hey, want to mention Dan Williams. Again, Dan Williams is the number you need to call right now to get your finances shipped together. Right now, it's very interesting to see what's going on, not only with the housing market, the stock market. I mean, we all wonder what was going to happen after January 20th. Right now, and it seems like all my friends seem to be doing very, very well with yeah. uh, with the transition of presidents. But Dan Williams is a guy to let you know where he thinks things are going with your money and what you should do with your money and how to get the most out of it. Why wouldn't you call him? Don't you want to get out of debt? Don't you want to get out of the rental market and buy your own home? You need to call Dan, 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. I, I rip guys that can't figure it out all the time, and I continue to rip, rip USC USE like Edward Credit Union, where I paid off my car to go debt free. They still have not sent me the title eight weeks after I paid off my car, but today they were nice enough to send me a statement that showed I owed no money. <laughs> Payoff balance 0. 0.00, amount due 0. 0.00. But you open that envelope, you just start shaking it. Is the pink slip in here? No. So thanks again to those dumb fucks. But god damn. If you if you want to pay off your bills early and have nothing to show for it, call USC Credit Union cuz they're like, "Fuck yeah, we'll take your money." And we'll just sleep the day away at our desk. Wee 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 wee. wee. Uh, but the way I was able to pay off my car was by following the rules uh that Dan taught me and borrow smart, repay smart, and it's very very good. I know at some point that title will show up. And then I also know that at some point in the next, I don't know, could be a couple of months, 18 months, 12 months. I don't know. But I'm ready to buy a house. You got to buy a house, nice. man. Being a homeowner is the greatest. And especially when you look at the amount of, uh, of what the rents are going up. And don't buy into this bullshit about lower income housing. Take a look at it. It's 10,000 units and 2% are going to be affordable. And all the rest are going to be crazy rents. Well, don't let that happen to you. Get your finances in order so that you can buy your own place. And the way to do that is by calling Dan Williams at 858-688-6813. Brian Curry is also a really important phone call that you make right now. So many people are playing the real estate game. So if you already have a home and you're saying, wait a second, with the interest rate I'm paying and what I can get on the next one, I can actually get into a better house, better neighborhood. Yeah. 
better situation for me. Again, you need to call Brian Curry. He's the best we know in real estate. Been in San Diego County for more than 20 years. He will get you in the right house, get you in the right neighborhood. Call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588. If you're looking to buy or sell, Brian Curry's number is 619-251-1588. I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings anymore pointing out neighborhoods that are shit because the people that live there already know it. Instead, I'm going to tell you about neighborhoods that are incredibly cool that you may not have spent enough time in. And as soon as you spend time in it, like my sons and I did last night, you start looking and go, you know what? This could be a pretty cool place to live. And I've mentioned this before, but last night we found ourselves down in South Park. And certain parts of South Park, now I don't know. This is where I would defer to Brian. I don't know what the property values are. I don't know what the crime level is like. But when we were out last night, just kind of cruising around, and uh, my sons and I were like, damn, this is such a cool old school neighborhood that we love. And that's the kind of thing, right? No matter what you're looking for, maybe you want to live downtown, maybe you want to live in Coronado, maybe you want to go north, you want to go inland. No matter where it is you want to go, the guy who can help you find that perfect house is Brian Curry. In a neighborhood that's not only going to be nice for you, but nice for family, friends, whoever comes over to visit, whenever they can come over to visit again. It is so, so important because unfortunately, Dave, I'm sure you know somebody, I have one of my closest friends, did not have a real estate agent on their side and bought a house that has been an absolute nightmare and they're almost upside down on it and it causes too many sleepless nights and too many stressful days. Don't let that happen to you. Call Brian. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. When you get that house, make sure you call Alan Taylor. Make it perfect. Get that pool in the backyard. Taylor made pools. More than 20 years doing business, making people's dreams come true with the backyard of their dreams by having that pool from Alan Taylor. 619-449-4452. Again, a staycation can be right in your backyard. 619-449-4452. The other day, uh, we're barbecuing for the Super Bowl. Nice. And my son said, man, you know what I feel like I could do right now is run down to the pool and go down. Well, if you live in a community pool, and and we get it for what's going on in the world, man, you have to sign a waiver. And right now, I don't live there anymore. So I wouldn't even be allowed to go in the pool. You got, I mean, my name's still on the deed, but I'm respectful. And you start looking at that and you go, man, so many challenges, right? Living in a community where you have the community pool. That's why for all of you that have that space in your backyard and have not made the final decision to have a tailor-made pool put in, boy, I don't know what you're waiting for. Sure doesn't feel like much is going to change around here in 21, and who knows if it does in 22. So if you find yourself at home a lot more than you used to, why not make it as fun as it can be? And no better way to do that than with a brand new tailor-made pool. Absolutely. All right. So if you're looking for a brand new website and you're looking to say, you know what, I need to either build this thing up or I need to change it, Kyle Fluger's your guy. Look, get on his calendar as fast as you can. So many people are calling Kyle right now trying to figure out how to make money and they know you got to have the great website to do it. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. There are so many websites that are great and really, really good. And pretty good. And then you've got those few that you go, man, those are excellent. Uh, the ones that are really excellent, or, or I'm sorry, excellent or really good, are the ones you find yourself going to time and time again. The ones that are not are the ones you go, nope, here one time and fuck that, never coming back. Uh, which 
way would you describe your website? If it's excellent and people are loving it, then hey, that's great. Then maybe Kyle can come in and fine tune it. But if it's any of the others, man, you need to upgrade because you know your competition is. Give Kyle a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Even though it's February 10th, we're going to give you how old are they and how much they're worth from February 11th. February 10th was kind of weak. Okay. All right, so here we go. February 11th, he passed away, but Burt Reynolds. Mm. Burt Reynolds, 86. 85. 85. I don't think Burt was... Worth as much as we think. I'm going to say he's worth $12 million. $5 million. God damn it. Lonnie cleaned him out, huh? God, it, you know what? I thought it was going to work. He'd probably be worth 15 if he didn't keep investing in all those pelts. <laughs> all right. Jennifer Aniston. Mm. Uh, 46. Come on, dude. You know she's not 46. You want to try again? 48? 52. Is she really? Yes. Damn. She looks great. I think she's uh, 60 million. 300 million. No yeah, shit. Fuck yeah. Where'd she make all her dough? Dude, I don't know. She doesn't I mean, million 60 commercials. million is crazy, right? Imagine everything she's in. She's getting top dollar. I, re- I remember. But she doesn't. Oh, she did that Apple show. Yeah, I haven't watched that the, the morning show. show. I watched the, the first episode on a plane. It was good. It was good. Okay. I just don't have morning Apple show? TV. Yeah, it was, it was Steve Carell and her. It was good. Um, so, yeah, Jennifer Aniston, I remember she was, it was Jimmy Kimmel was on with Stern talking yeah. about her. They all went on vacation together. Yeah, I heard that. It was great. And they said they've never seen anything like it, like the paparazzi. With her, right? With her. Like, they, you know, obviously all three of them are very famous. Yeah. But when you're with her, there are helicopters over your head nonfucking-stop. I mean, everywhere they go, they couldn't get away from it. It was, it was, she seems it was really well. cool. Yeah, sounds like she's great. Okay, how much did you say she's worth? We already went through this one. I yeah. gave you. Okay, Cheryl Crow. Uh oh boy, I got a Cheryl Crow story for you. Okay, I think Cheryl Crow is uh, fifty-five. Fifty-nine. No kidding. Yep. Uh, one, eighty million. Okay. Wow, I was going to say more money than you think. Seventy million. All right. Uh, so I worked with this dude named Chad White. Years ago at Chase. Yeah. And Chad was just as funny as it fucking came, man. This guy was so great. And we hung out. And we had an employee whose name was Cheryl Crow. So she sends an email down to Chad asking him a question. He doesn't realize who she is. So he goes, you know what, Cheryl? All I want to do is have some fun. And he hits send. And he goes to me, he goes, hey, man, look at this fucking email. <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, look at this. Did you know Cheryl Crow worked here? I said, yeah, absolutely. You know who that is? He goes, no. Remember, Dave, in uh, the, the early 2000s when Stephanie Crow and Escondido had been killed, the teenage girl? Oh, Jesus. And there was concern oh, that Jesus. maybe her brother had killed her. And it was a huge story in San Diego, like along the Van Damme thing, the yes. whole deal. Her poor mother is Cheryl Crow, who worked at oh, Chase. Fuck. So I had to tell this dumb shit, Chad. I go, hey, asshole. Okay? Not open mic night, dude. He almost cried. Yeah. He, Because you know how anybody. He didn't know. And and I <coughs> I wasn't lying. It's her. Yeah. And I, I was like, I didn't know her. But I was like, she's just got to be like, you know what? <laughs> 
She just comes down with brass knucks and just breaks his nose. But yeah, that's I was like, oh, dude, don't do that. Oh, my God. All right, last one. Sarah Palin. Nayland Palin. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one, too. I'm going to say she's... Uh, God damn. She's deceptive. I'm going to say 54. 57. 57. Um, I think she's got money. I'm going to say 20 million. Only eight. Eight million dollars. But she's living up there in Alaska. Yeah. She can see Russia from her kitchen window. I heard that. <laughs> ah, fuck. Would you throw one? Yes. Everybody would. Come on. Let's put some <laughs> earplugs in. All right, here we go. Five random questions all over the place. All right. We'll start off right here. What's your favorite food? Oh, I like that. Uh, grilled chicken. Where are you going? Oh, that's funny. Um, right now, I'd have to say good sushi. I'm a sushi guy. Really? Also. Yeah. Grilled chicken. Right off right off the grill, man. The best. All right. Is there food out there that other people eat but you've never had? It's a, I know it takes some thinking on that one. I'll go first, all right? Yeah, what do you got? I've never had lumpia. No, that's Herm. That's Herm. Yeah, Herm's always puts out every Friday. Yeah. I got my mind on lumpia and lumpia on my mind. Um, I've never had squid, like sushi, yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, never never have had that. Really? Uh-uh. What about um, calamari? Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I guess you're right. That's right. Yeah, we've had that. That's true. That's squid, right? Yep. Um, Is there anything out there that you go, man, I've never had it, but people talk about it all the time, or I have no desire to eat that? If I've had it, I've only had it once, and I'll never have it again, is veal. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I don't like veal either. No. I don't I, like I, I don't. I want to eat veal either. I think I've had veal maybe once, and I think I had liver one time. Oh, liver's terrible. Ugh. Fuck. But I but veal liver f- smells bad when you cook yeah, it. veal for me is one that yeah. yeah I wouldn't do that yeah you and I are one and the same when it comes to the animal thing yeah there's certain things I mean I won't I won't eat a lot well, of things and and I know there's people out there oh well hey listen okay Steve Irwin thanks so much for your you know soapbox protecting the veal and then tomorrow when you have that steak that you fire up on the grill don't worry about the cow they hit over the head with the fucking baseball bat. So you can enjoy your ribeye. Don't worry about him, okay? But hey, you're really saving the world with your. Uh, Dude, I'm the same know. way. I, honest yeah. to God, I'll buy it in the store and I'll eat it, but I'm not hunting for it. I'm not a yeah. hunter. I'm not. I'm not going to shoot an. I couldn't look at an animal, have it stare at me, and shoot it. All my friends do. I had a friend of mine <laughs> tell me. Remember Jerry from Jeff and Jer? Yeah. Interesting dude, but but good dude. So I had friends of mine like. 30, goddamn, this may be longer than that. Maybe like 35 years ago. And Jerry is a big animal animal activist yep. guy. And he used to do, when they were kind of at the, the height of their popularity, really in the early days, he would do these shows talking about animal and animal cruelty. Yep. And I had friends that went. They were like, this was, this was an amazing night. And I said, oh, yeah? He showed you everything that goes on Fuck at that. slaughterhouses and how they kill chickens. Fuck that. And I'm like, did you fucking pay to get into that shit? Like, what do I need to watch that for? I'm not doing that. Dukes of Hazard's on. <laughs> it's like those commercials that come on TV, usually on CNN. 
about the dogs that yeah. it goes on for like two minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. how fast can we grab the remote and change the channel every yeah. time. Yeah. You lost the message. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a dog guy, but oh, hey, let's go. Jerry's going to show us the movie uh, how they fucking whacked the head off a of, uh, boo boo the, the cow. And then fucking make your Carl's Jr. Well, I'm in. <laughs> like, I get it. I'm aware of it. I don't want to see it. But I'm not eating veal because I'm an animal guy. There you go. Oh, what the fuck is that? Jesus. All right, here we go. Two more questions. Okay. <laughs> I already know what that call was. Um, that call was, this dog is going crazy inside the house. So you guys almost done. Yeah. Um, what, is, what is your biggest turnoff in women? Oh, uh, oh, that's funny. Um, ego. Oh, that's good. Yeah, ego. I, I but, okay. So there's a, there's a fine line because the last show you said you love girls that are confident. I got it. That's fine. But some of like I've always said, some of my best friends are female. And Dave, you know what? It's really funny. Uh, I will, I'll use Rita as an example. Dave's wife is as smart and as successful and has done so many great things and you would absolutely never know it. Great wife puts up with your stupid fucking sure. shit. Amazing mother. Great to my kids like they're her own. Has accomplished so much, has done so much, continues to strive to be great. And is just about as fucking cool as a kid, right? Like, he's put up with our bullshit for 25 years. My ex-wife is still easily one of my best friends. Um, was on the street when she was 17, cleaned her act up, put herself through San Diego State, graduated with a finance degree, was bored by that, put herself through law school, graduated magna cum laude, passed the bar the first time, and is one of the best attorneys in san diego incredible mom and puts up with my shit and while they're confident they're just not fucking annoying and somebody who's incredibly close to me uh is a doctor right amazing artist as a photographer was influenced huge to the point of really concerned about mortgage and paying staff during covid so at the age of 50, became a yoga instructor, is in the most amazing shape of her life, continues to see patients, is a mother, still is an amazing photographer, traveled to Kenya, taught medicine in Kenya, and teaches five to six yoga classes a day, and is now teaching yoga, having become a yoga instructor within the last year, for the Minnesota Timberwolves and the New Jersey Devils. Wow. And what I've said to her is those teams have choices and they found you. So, and just continues to put up with my shit and you would never know it. So it's just, it's the people that are fucking pounding their drum every day about how great they are. G good on you, do it. But I'd take Rita, I'd take Vita, I'd take Joe, I'll take them every day. Because to me, just those three examples are the ones where you go, fuck, man, they just make you want to be great. What about you? I tell you what, the last uh, year or so showed me uh, I was really turned off by people who lack compassion. You yeah. Know? And uh, I was shocked by so many things that I saw over the last few years. And so 
Uh, you know, Mar- Wait, that might be me. I'll yeah, tell you why. Yeah, but Mar- Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene, oh, like a perfect example. The worst. No compassion for school shootings. No, no compassion for obviously violence and people that aren't willing to listen and just want to call everything a lie that you don't yeah. agree with. Yeah, for me, it's a big thing. If if you don't show compassion as a male or female, I have no desire to have you in my life. Um, I I have friends, uh, a family from Parkland, and my friend Brandon who I met in Chicago at a show a couple of years ago, was on campus on the opposite side, thankfully. But uh, his mother, Erica, and Brandon, who's now in high school down there, have become really nice friends. Yeah, I remember this. And uh, and so when I see that, I while I don't know David Hogue, I know Brandon. And to think of that bitch shooting her mouth off and knowing the impact, what Erica told me, what it did to that community for all those kids that were uh, killed, and injured, and she had known them all since they were five or six, and they would come and, and trick-or-treat yeah. at her house, and some fucking bitch is going to shoot off her mouth. Fuck her, Dude, Dave. She said Sandy Hook was fake. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I also have to come completely clean. So it was a pretty rough day for Dave the other day on Super Bowl Sunday when we all saw his man bun for the first time, <laughs> and I had put the video out of the guy getting knocked out. And I felt bad for you, and I meant to do this, and I forgot. So what I was going to do was send you YouTube clips of failed public proposals. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, Dave, I think this will cheer you up. Watch all these guys that bring out the marching band, and they bring everything out, right? They go to the mall, yeah, and they're like, excuse me, everybody, <laughs> excuse me. If I could just have your attention, I would like to make this beautiful woman, and they drop to one knee. It would make me so happy, and the girl's like, "Please get up, please get up." Failed, failed, oh, Jesus, failed public proposals. Uh, I don't know why does that make me laugh. Oh I'm God. a sick. It happened fuck. to a buddy of mine. It happened to him in a restaurant, and everybody in the restaurant knew that he's going to propose, and she said no. <laughs> yeah, comes out with the dessert, the rings right in the fucking top oh, of the dessert. No. Yeah, she's like, nope. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like he's so fucking pissed. Yeah. All right. So listen. Hold on. I got one more question for I you. I got it. I was just going to say, James Royal and all of you that sent me those 30-second fights. God, there was another one today that had me laughing so much. I'm I'm very open. My DMs, I think, for the most part, are open. If you have uh, failed proposal videos, I don't know why. Like, we just got engaged very quietly and did our thing. But when the guy's bringing out, like, the mariachis and yeah. everything... I'm sorry. Do we all laugh at that, or is it just me no, that's fucked it, up? No, it makes us all uncomfortable. I don't laugh. I just get really uncomfortable for that. Oh, God damn. It hits the funny bone for oh, me. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. All right, last question. What's the worst thing about San Diego? Uh, our inability to see ourselves for who we are. Our inability to see that we are not a major metropolis. We're not, and we cannot accept who we are. We just absolutely cannot accept who we are. We are people that like to react. We don't have enough people who act. And that, unfortunately, will be our downfall forever. That's a good one. Um, one quick thing for you, and you can carry this over to next week, and I want everybody to think about this. And, Dave, I'll, you probably have to write a note to remember. What I would like from all of you is just a note on the coolest sporting event you saw in person. I'll give you two of them for me, and then, Dave... We'll get yours when we're back here on Monday night. I want you to think about it. Because my son Jack asked me yesterday, what do you think is the coolest sporting event you saw in person? 
And I said, man, I've been to the World Series, went to three Super Bowls. I saw Tyson fight, right? I was at the first Taylor Chavez fight was pretty amazing. But I said, here are the two that are number one for me. Number two was the ability to be on the ice when the Anaheim Ducks skated around the cup in 2007. Yep. Because we were at Free FM. I was about a couple of weeks away from getting married, and I was a couple of months away from being a dad. And I just remember that time. But I said to him, for sure, the number one thing would be the day I busted them out of school and we were at opening day for, for Machado and Tatis because it was me and my sons. And it was such an amazing time to be a Padre fan because we were all excited about the future. And so, Geekster, I'm looking for you, Eric, Amazon, Billy, Pete. What's the most amazing? Stevie Verismo, I want to hear yours. Pauly, Steve Woods. For whatever reason, I just gave you two. To see the Ducks skate the cup was pretty insane to be on the ice when they did that. But for me, number one was being with my son's opening day, knowing that Tatis and Machado yeah. were going to have the impact they had and saying we were there for day one. Do you know yours off the top of your yeah, head? Do you want to carry it to? We'll you want, carry it. We'll okay, carry it. carry it over. All right, we'll carry it over. All right, so look, next week, four-day weekend next week, I'm in Arizona for four days, so I won't be here on Monday. Okay. You want to come back on Tuesday and Wednesday? Can you do it? Yeah, we'll be back Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, good deal. All right, we'll see you next week. So